All right, welcome into the Plank Show. Now, we can debate this, the smarts of having a show at a golf course whenever we're going to get gale force. Oh, see, look, gale force winds already. And maybe by the time Parker gets here this afternoon, it's going to be freezing. But I have been assured by the crew here at Winter Creek that I am not, Josh, nor is Parker going to be responsible from keeping anyone from getting to go home early. Because that was kind of my concern when they said, hey, this Friday you're going to be out at Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. And I've been out here. I came out here, what was it, a couple weeks ago, right, for the Riverwind Casino when they had their their annual golf tournament. And it was a blast, man. I'd never been out here before. TJ, whenever he was laying out how to get here, said, you're going to love it. You're going to love the – kind of random road that you go down and you think there's nothing there and boom there's this gorgeous house and this beautiful golf course and this incredibly budding um, growing area I guess you could say in in Oklahoma I don't know if we're in McLean County or not I'll have to double check with someone but uh, really cool on an OEC Fiber Football Friday we've talked about it a lot Uh, David Goodspeed and the crew at OEC Fiber send us to different businesses that have subscribe to and used OEC Fiber, and we talk about the difference that they've made, not only for their their business, but obviously in their day-to-day activities for their clients and in their patrons, if you will. So we're at a golf course on a day where there's a good chance, Josh, by about 1130 this morning, it's going to be pouring. But did you hear what I, Winter Creek Golf and Social Club, I'm thinking about getting the bar going. Well, I mean, obviously I'm not going to be getting the bar going. But the bar is open. The uh, the grill's open. It's a really cool place. So if you can't play, if you're out and about, if you're looking for a cool golf course, check out Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. How are you on this Friday? This OEC Fiber Football Friday, Josh? Oh, just tremendous. It's a football Friday, baby. Here we go. Okay, I need my high school football playoff brackets. Give me... My high school football playoff brackets. Where are they? Congratulations, couple. Congratulations. And obviously, this is the lead story everywhere. The Washington Warriors put a wrap on an undefeated season on a night when the stars of Rivals.com, Josh, were in attendance at Reed Field to watch utter domination over Little Axe to wrap up the regular season. And I, pro- I, feel, I feel really bad because I sat next to uh, a really cool family that were just getting to know the Milligans, and I, I probably talked their ear off the whole game. Because you just, hey, listen, I don't get to go to many high school games. Their daughter was a member of the band. Band won state championship, which is really cool. And when she came after their halftime recognition, she's probably like, Mom, that plank guy. Never again, please. Just just keep him as far away from us as possible. <laughs> but no, it also we had a blast. Uh got to watch a got to watch a drubbing. My guy Cole Scott had like twenty six touchdowns. It was a new Oklahoma record, but it was great. And then Josh, I get home on my way home. I'm listening to you call a Norman North Timberwolf squad that secured the number two seed in six A one. How about that? And a first round bye. First round bye. No uh, playoff football for Norman North next week. And obviously uh, the big story in high school sports was what everybody was able to watch, right, on yes. on national TV. It was uh, yes. Jinx pulling a stunner. I When I tell you I am floored that they beat Bixby last night, do you understand? 
Norman North went down to Jinx and won and kind of handily beat Jinx 31-21. to Bixby, man, this season has been just just comfortably beating everybody. Everybody. They're a wagon. 58 yep. in a row. Uh, I think the, the final between Norman North and Bixby – Norman North scored first, by the way, and the final score was 66-7 to when Bixby <laughs> came to Harp Collins Field, okay? And that's the Norman North team that beat Jinx at Jinx, and Jinx right. wins that game last night uh, on national TV. It opens it up, doesn't it? Doesn't it open it up a little bit? Or no? Well, it has it to. Just... It, it has right? to, right? It has to make people feel like, okay, wait a second. So, so these guys, they're not invincible? I had not had a chance to watch Bixby. And that was my first chance to watch Bixby. Dude. Both. Here's the thing that stood out to me. As we welcome you to the Plank Show, we're going to get to OU Baylor. Uh, Josh, yesterday we missed a very necessary benchmark on a Thursday for this program that we'll get to coming up at the bottom of this hour. Lee Sterling is coming up at 9.50 with his picks. I don't know what it is about this week, guys. I don't know if it was just kind of the excitement that that got triggered from the Iowa State performance, but I've never felt more prepared for a broadcast in my life. So I'm a little bit over-amped with news and notes and stats and numbers. So probably part of it, too, was I had to get everything done last night because I've got an event tonight. (laughs) So maybe that was part of it, but it was just – I've got tons on OU Baylor, a lot of good questions coming in today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 Three four three nine. We'll talk a little World Series. We'll get your picks on the games, uh, and as always, we'll have our top five stories today. So we're loaded. We're loaded uh, on the program today. But just a quick little aside from watching last night, and I'm sure some people are okay. Plank, we get it. You did play by play in eleven, but here's what blew my mind in watching that last night, and having not really had an opportunity to see either Jinx or Bixby in a minute. And then in listening to the broadcast, and by the way, the sideline reporter, bless her heart, but with a minute and a half in a game left in the game, and she's over on the sidelines talking about how the students are going to storm the field and how the, the, the players on the sideline are talking about win with style guys, don't get too caught up in this, and literally Bixby goes right down and scores a touchdown and probably should have recovered two on sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, I what? mean, you want to talk, what is she doing? So... Keep in mind that uh, you know I'm I'm broadcasting and doing the right, you know, post game right, show right. and what have you in the midst of this, and uh, we, we didn't have the we didn't have the broadcast on while we were broadcasting. Correct. So take me through the end because I've been kind of third party described to me that they okay. almost recovered the onside kick. Well, let, let, let me just say this real quick before I do the thing that that stands out to me and and in watching with for the first time with a really tuned in eye, man, they got some dudes. I mean, holy smokes, watching both of those teams, but specifically Bixby, they've got some dudes. You know, we joke about Jags, just a guy. I I don't – I mean, Lauren Montgomery, holy smokes, man. Whenever you told me 12 years ago that, you know, that area was exploding and there was great, great talent that was coming in, you weren't kidding, man. Josh, my goodness, my goodness. I mean, every single guy, almost on both teams they were talking about – how they've got, if not a, a D1, an offer to play college football. And I think that was pretty awesome. So here, here's – I don't even know if I can do the ending justice, but it was 
the 58-game winning streak comes to an end, but not without tons of opportunities for Bixby to potentially win that game last night. Um, they The Trojans led 31-14, okay? Uh, Bixby answered. So there's it's 34 – actually, what did I say? 31, it's 31-14. So Bixby answered 31-21 into the fourth quarter, okay? Okay. Ten-point game with 6.50 left in the game. I wrote this down because I'm a nerd. With 6.50 left in the game, Jinx fumbles going into the end zone on, like, the one-yard line and then recovers it, recovers its own fumble, and then on fourth and goal, Josh, they decide to go for it and get the touchdown. So it's 38-21 with 6.50 left in the game. And you're thinking – well, this thing is over, right? Bixby goes out and, for for some reason, is very methodical on a very long drive. They score. It makes it 38-28. There's like, I want to say two, I think I wrote down two and a half left in the game. But they milked like four minutes off the clock. Just There was no urgency. And, and again, maybe that was part of the plan. I'd never heard Lauren get too specific about it afterwards, but that made it 38-28. They should have recovered the onside kick. The onside kick bounced around, bounced off a guy, and a Jinx player picked it up. Listen, I would give Bixby's kicker a D1 scholarship just because of how he appears to be able to execute an onside kick, Josh. It was fantastic. So... Jinx recovers the onside kick, but proceeds to go three and out, and Bixby starts using its timeouts, but they go three and out in like 20 seconds. And then Bixby, what do they do? Go right down the field and score a touchdown to make it 38-35. Now, in that drive, in that drive that made it 38-35, there was controversy because of Bixby, tight end, wide receiver, they all look like tight ends to me. Uh, goes up, makes a catch, spins down, and as he's going to the ground, he fumbles the football. Jinx recovers, should be ball game. But the officiating crew, who I thought did a fantastic job last night uh, from what I got to see in the fourth quarter uh, and being on national TV as well. But the officiating crew, I guess, didn't have a good angle at it. It is high school football, so there's no replay. They say that, that he didn't fumble. Bixby literally scores on, like, the second play after it. So 38-35, less than a minute left in the game. Bixby's got one timeout left. They've got to get the onside kick. It literally goes right to a Bixby player. And he gets blasted as he tries to make the catch. I mean, that thing squibbed, took a hop, and hopped right to a Bixby player. And whenever he went up to make the catch, he took a shot. Jinx landed on it. Ball game. It was one of the wildest finishes I've seen. Two missed. And, oh, by the way, I, I completely, you know what, when I talked about them taking the 30, like the 30 seconds off the clock, there was one thing I forgot in that midst, Josh. Jinx didn't punt it back to him. The quarterback fumbled. Jinx fumbled like three or four times oh, in the final seven minutes of that game. So they tried um, to give Bixby a chance. 
Well, that, that fumble was what got him the football back that made it 38-35. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, throughout the day, if, if those in the 918 want to dive here and say, well, here, here's probably why a plank. We've been following this all year long. I'm not, I'm not one of these blowhards that's going to come on here and act like I've been paying attention to either team as much as I should. I'm just from watching last night. I, I, I don't know how many opportunities Jinx could have given Bixby to win that football game and still end up falling back on top of fumbles and mistakes. It was a, I was really impressed with the Jinx quarterback. He was really good. Um, Jinx has a running back that is an, an absolute stud. So they're good. Coach Riggs has quite a wagon, as does Bixby heading into the playoffs. So I ask you, Josh Helmer, does it change your opinion about anyone as someone who has covered 6A rather closely? Does it change your opinion about maybe whom you would consider the betting favorite? I still think it's Bixby, but oh. – uh... But now there's at least some seeds of doubt, right? They've they've been they've been got been got once by uh, by Jinx. Who, by the way, the way the season has played out, you know, Union would be the better of the two between Union and Jinx, and wow. you know that seems wild to me. <laughs> there's a big storyline in play at play here for Norman North too. Their quarterback got hurt last night, so one of the top. Oh teams no. One of the yeah, and, and we'll see what the status is for Camden Six Killer. If he's out, then that you know is going to make Ooh. life really, really hard for Norman North. But uh, you know, you would think that Norman North would have a chance to to make a legitimate run at this thing. But Bixby's still the the serious favorite. I don't know what happened or what was in the water last okay. night. But uh, right. that's that's interesting. Did the broadcast crew? Did they really say that was the biggest regular season win for Jinx? Bro, uh, <sighs> I I know, again, that I'm coming at this from the perspective where naturally I think you should be grateful that ESPN is covering a high school game, right? Um, I think that there is this part of me that forgets it's still high school. But, I, yes, not only was that the biggest win in, like, the history of, of – Jenks football, but <laughs> oh, Jenks man. Oklahoma really performed well last night, according to ESPN two and Bigsby, Ugh. Bigsby, not Bixby, Bigsby was fantastic. I so a quick little side. It's it's uh, nine eighteen on the Plank Show. We're on the road on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. All OU Baylor coming up here in just a bit, but we're recapping what happened last night on the Deuce for um, Jinxon. Jenks and Bigsby, it was – it's like – it was a big deal. I mean, a 50 – the longest winning streak in the state and I think in the country in high school football came to an end last night. Yep. It was – so it was a big deal. But, Josh, it was like nonstop. They were trying to make it seem as if this was the pinnacle moment for Oklahoma high school football, and no other moment would even come close to surpassing it or reaching it. I mean, I'm sitting there going, they sold out Skelly Stadium for a Jinx Union game that went down to a final play from Kiwan Jones. It's still one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life, and there were 50,000-plus people there. I mean, it's almost as if their history started when that game kicked off. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the biggest game in the history of Oklahoma football ever. You might have thought OU Nebraska was big. Oh, no, tonight, Jenks and Bigsby go at it. It's just like, okay, listen, guys, I appreciate that you're covering it. Oh, this is also true. Bless their hearts, they couldn't get Spartans and Trojans straight. They couldn't figure out which team was was, was Jinx and which team was Bixby. Were they were they even on site last night? And again, I'm being very cautious here because you, I think we should all be grateful that ESPN, ESPN2 put a nationally televised game on for high school football. That was awesome. But, I mean, a little – and I felt like they knew the team, right, the analyst, and I don't know who he was – Dude, he was dropping some nuggets, and I'm like, all right, this guy's done his work. And then he dropped that nugget, and he's like, well, Jenks has an opportunity here. They really got to take advantage of it. And you're like, what are we doing right now, man? <laughs> and now it's Jenks football. <laughs> you know, Jenks has really done a good job of getting down there. But, no, it, it was a great night for for me personally, right, to just have all – it was, it ended up being a sneaky good sports night, and it had nothing to do with Amazon – prime football which usually kind of dominates my thursday nights thursday nights uh, a late night for me uh i'm up i'm up working and it's it's always fun to watch thursday night football but last night i, I didn't even turn the game on and in fact i i'm sitting there i was i was doing a couple of them gosh whenever i talk about that i always i, I hate myself because i'm like oh i'm working so hard that's not what i'm trying to say it's just i'm pointing out i procrastinate until thursday <laughs> And then everything piles up, and I get it all done. So there's the reality of it. But I, everything usually centers around Amazon Prime. And it was – dude, it wasn't even on the radar. And I thought that was pretty cool. By the way, 918 Rod points out, uh, in the first quarter, Bixby held Jinx – oh, hold on, hold on. Let me get this right. I'm, I'm going to be – I'm going to pronounce yeah, this right. Get the pronunciations right. In the first por- quarter, Bixby held Jenks to fourth and eight. Jenks faked the punt and threw a 50-yard bomb. At that point, I thought, man, this could be interesting. But if they played again, Bigsby wins by four touchdowns. Yeah, they might I'll win by – I'll take your word for it, Rod. Might win by more than four touchdowns. Do you know what, though? I was, think, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine winning 58 straight games in anything, in any sport? I mean – I was thinking about that because I'm just I'm imagining like Lauren Montgomery going into that locker room and probably not being mad. I mean, how can you be mad? Well, I'm, they're coaches. He, he he's he's a he's an excellent excellent game strategist, and and I'm sure he was mad. But like, think about now the last game you lose is right before the playoffs. You get that little extra motivation. You still get a buy, but. 58 straight, people. 58 in a row. Phenomenal. It's just, it's something that you don't see in life. It's something that you hardly ever see and will ever see again in sports. Kudos to Bigsby. Great win by Jenks. We'll get those high school playoff schedules out. So you got to buy next week, Josh Elmer. Look at you. Got to buy. What are you going to do with back-to-back Fridays off? Are you going to know what to do with yourself? No, I, I won't. I have no idea what to do. I'll probably be, uh, probably be watching football, I guess. 
By the way, and I, I want to make this this point too because the nine one eight hit us up uh, on on the Air Comfort Solutions text right goes. You're right about the history, but other than that, they did a good job, better than any ESPN Plus college broadcasters. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying like I said. It's just it's Jinx and it's Bixby, and when you keep calling it Janks and you keep calling it Bigsby, there's a part of you that laughs, right? So it's well, <laughs> but outside of that, they did a they did do a good job for what you would consider. Guys that haven't covered these teams all year long calling a high school game. And with all due respect, when you call it the greatest regular season win in Jake's history win, they've got 11 titles in program history and yeah, 11, 11 titles since the turn of the century. Probably that's not going to sit well. Yeah. and It makes it look like you have no idea about Oklahoma high school football. Yeah, I, that, that was a little bit. That was a little bit frustrating. All right, so there's some. High, look at us. Look at us starting with high school football on a Friday morning. You guys want to react to that? You can four zero five six five one three four three nine. All right. When we come back, let's let's touch on a topic that we missed yesterday, but is a benchmark of this year' radio program. That's next on an OEC Fiber Football Friday, live from Winter Creek Golf and Social Club, right here on the Ref. I had to uh, – I did something I haven't done in a long time, Josh Helmer. I was true fanboy last night. I had, the, I had the roster. I bought a game program. I think, uh, I think my man Charles Milligan and his wife were so tired of me turning around. What about this guy? What do you think of this kid? What do you know about him? <laughs> it was fun. So are you, uh, are you weather aware right now? Are you good to go? You feel safe? I feel – yeah, like you'll keep me informed. Okay. All right, that's my. That's my. I feel like that's that's job. That's my job. You know, I'm the weatherman today. Let's go. Um, uh, I started to text something or, or tweet this morning. I was gonna say, um, it feels very stormy out. But then I realized, yeah, you know, someone's like, "Oh, is it raining out?" I was like, "No, no, it just you know." It, does that make sense? It's like it's not raining, but it feels like that the clouds could just open up at any moment, and it feels awesome out right now. But we are weather aware, Josh Helmer, weather aware. We're on the precipice. Man, this is some – there is a lot of high school football on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Look at you guys. 405-651-3439. It's the best way to stay in touch with the show. 405-329-9000, Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. We are on location today at Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, second time I've been out here in the last month, and we encourage you to check it out. We'll hear from David Goodspeed coming up at about uh, 1230 this morning. and okay, uh, Probably about 1050 this morning for David, and then we're 20 minutes away from Lee Sterling swinging by. So yesterday... In the midst of all of our regular bits, Josh, I forgot our tiering of the Big 12. Ah, oh, how could we do this? It's become a Thursday staple on this program, and I blame me. I completely whiffed on it, so my apologies. Are you, are you ready to dive into this real quick? I'm ready. Or do you need a segment to kind of get your mind right? You need a commercial break to kind of take inventory of everything. I think we can. I think we can work it. Let's squeeze it in. Let's squeeze it in, because it's going to get lost in the shuffle if we don't. Something weird happened on Big Twelve Radio this week, Josh, when we tiered the ten teams in the Big Twelve Conference. 
every single one of the tiers that we've created had two teams. It's the first time it ever happened. And for those that are new to this bit, Tier 1, Elite. Top of the league, championship bound. Tier 2, on the fringe. Tier 3, Teams of Chaos. Tier 4, not quite there yet. Tier 5, the bottom of the league. Now, I think I can ruin two of them. Right? Tier 5 is Iowa State, West Virginia. Agreed? (laughs) Yes, agreed. Now, before we go any further, are you putting anyone else in that bottom tier right now? No. No, just those two. All right. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. And Tier 1, based on what both of these teams, well, one throughout the season, the other one maybe just kind of cementing that last week, Tier 1 is Kansas State and TCU, right? TCU, K-State. Got to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no need to try to sneak anyone else in there, is there? Not yet. I mean, okay. the, this weekend's results pending, but right now, just those two. So six teams, three tiers. Let me tell you what we did, and you let me know where you agree or disagree. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Tier four, Texas Tech and Kansas. Okay. Again, Kansas may be getting their quarterback back this weekend. I have no idea what that was Texas Tech did last weekend. Sorry, Tech Tina. But Tier 4, Kansas and Tech. Tier 3, Baylor and Oklahoma, which continues what's been a wild ride for Oklahoma in our Big 12 rank tiering this season. And in Tier 2... There was quite a debate about this one because I vehemently pushed to have Oklahoma State as a Tier 3 team, but I was a little bit outbid as Oklahoma State and Texas were Tier 2. So, again, K-State, TCU, Tier 1. Oklahoma State, Texas, Tier 2. Baylor, OU, Tier 3. Tech, Kansas, Tier 4. And Iowa State, West Virginia, Tier 5. Josh Helmer, what say you? Well, I think the... Top tier and the bottom tier, that's exactly how it has to be. TCU, K-State, West Virginia, Iowa State. I think tier two is is right now where we stand exactly right. Texas and Oklahoma State, though, we're getting we're getting close. One one bad performance this week, and Oklahoma State's going to uh, to go tumbling, and probably that could be the same case for Texas, right? Uh, if if they sure. have a similar performance anywhere close to what happened to Oklahoma State last weekend in Manhattan. But as we stand right now, those two teams obviously are still very much in the mix to try and get into the Big 12 championship game. So by virtue of that, probably you have to have them tier two. I'm probably I'm probably grading Oklahoma too hard. Uh, Oklahoma easily could be tier three with Baylor, right? I, I sort of have them – you know, one more down. Not quite there yet? Yeah, I sort of have them at at Tier 4 with Texas Tech and Kansas fighting this week to get into Tier 3, beat Baylor, and I think slam dunk, no doubt. That's where they're at is in Tier 3. But uh, if you tell me Oklahoma's Tier 3 with Baylor, I'm not going to stomp my feet and, you know, jump up and down and yell and scream at you, right? Because, you know, frankly, Oklahoma's a much, much different team with Dylan Gabriel playing quarterback. Texas Tech, sure. Kansas, obviously uh, Tier 4 for me. And uh, and then that kind of rounds it all out. 
I don't think that you could really go wrong as long as you got K-State, TCU, and Tier 1. Do you overreact to what happened to Oklahoma State last week? Do you underreact to it? I think, you know, I, I started I started playing a very stupid game last night, Josh. Do you want to know what stupid game I started playing last night? What's that? Madden. No. I started playing the, okay, what, what, what would it take to end up in Arlington for OU? Sure. And as, and as I started dotting some I's and crossing some T's, there was one thing I couldn't come up with. I don't know if you really want to believe in that. I don't know who you're rooting for in the Texas-Kansas State game. Probably, probably Texas. Got to be Texas. Right? Just to hand Kansas State that second loss. And then your hope is of those three remaining games, TCU, Kansas, and Baylor, you're going to win two of them. Or, or Texas is going to lose two of them. Um, but I also, I mean, I, it's – it's just unlike it's ridiculously impossible. I mean, I just because if even if Kansas State beats Texas, I don't think they're losing all three of their games remaining on their schedule. But if they do lose to Texas, suddenly that gives that wiggle room to where they I, I allowed myself to fall down that trap a little bit and I realized, what are you doing? You know, they're 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 not even on the fringe yet. Right no. in, in the rankings, they're not. You you can't even. You got to fight through scenarios in order to come up with a way to just say, all right, if this team loses three more and this team loses three more, and there's only four games left in the season, what are you even doing? So I had to stop myself from playing that stupid game last night, Josh. Well, it's and unfortunately ranking. for OU, they've probably lost. If you know they haven't played one of them, but they've lost to the other three that are going to be in the mix for the Big Twelve championship game. Right? That's right. So, I That's mean, that right. just makes it so challenging for you. You need all sorts of help. You're not going to win a tie-break scenario. So, look, is it mathematically possible going into this week? Sure. But uh, is it going to happen? No, it's not. 9.38. My, my point in bringing that up, don't play stupid games. But more importantly, number two, where would you put in our tiering OU, and did you overreact or underreact to what happened to Oklahoma State this Saturday in Manhattan? Do we even know who's going to start a quarterback for OSU? We don't. No. Do we even know who's starting for Kansas? We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no clue. All right, quick break. When we come back, right here on the Home of Sooner fans, uh, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Get your early thoughts on things that are rolling in the world of sports next right here on The Ref. You know what I haven't thought about yet, Josh? We need to – Connor, she's been running around here. I think, I think she's dodging me. But we always like to have, you know, good people on the show. I think, I think Connor might end up being – she might be our next Kevin Clazel on the show. She's – she was kind of impressive. She's a, she's a Utah Ute alum out here at Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. This would be the week, right? I mean, the – there's there's good juju on that front this week. Come on this show. You might become a regular. Do we need to call Kevin at some point today, you think, or do you feel good about everything weather-wise? I mean, I wouldn't mind an update. Okay. We can do that. If he's cool with that. Kevin, if you got time later, we'd love to get you on the show. Yeah, just let, <laughs> us, know, let us know if anything's changed. Um, 
tomorrow morning. We're going to start super early. And, boy, Parker was talking about a, a pretty incredible guest list they have tomorrow morning right here on The Ref for your Saturday game day. Uh, I think Parker's getting things going at, what, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning? And DeLaren Turner-Yell is going to come on the program. And if, if because is Denver on? I would assume Denver's on a bye this week. Hey, there you go, Kurt. There you go, Perry. You don't have to subject yourself to that garbage. Wish the Raiders were on a bye, too. We could actually enjoy some football this Sunday. But D2, trouble coming on the show tomorrow with, with Trav and with Parker. If I'm incorrect, one of you all can text me. But and then I get to hang out with Teddy and Toby. Finally, we don't have an 11 a.m. kick, so I don't have any ESPNU responsibility. So let's go. And, yeah, someone texted about 2 p.m. game times. I So last night, last night, I fell down a rabbit hole. I was at the, I was at the Washington Warrior domination last night. And my man Charles Milligan and I were sitting. And we started talking about the rareness of, like, the 2 o'clock start. Mm-hmm. Just random. And, of course, what's one of the first texts we get? Hey, it's, you know, um, OU, has they ever had a 2 o'clock game except for tomorrow? Was it 2 o'clock like the normal regular start time before lights became a regular thing? Wasn't it either super early or around that 2 o'clock time? Because you want to – now, they would bring in lighting, right? They would bring in lighting for the potential for night games on TV. But consistent – in stadium lights, Josh, like those magical, m- m- monstrous banks of lights that they have, they weren't a permanent fixture at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium until 1997. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So I, I think 2 o'clock, as wild as it seems, I think it might be a little bit more regular than we realize, and I feel like I feel like we had like some random two o'clock start, if not last year, a couple of years ago. But it's cool. I like it. I mean, I hate it that it's right during the Georgia Tennessee game, but it's also, you know, it's, I'm more focused on OU football, so I'll be just keeping tabs on the store. Yeah. Okay. So I was 30 minutes off. I'm sorry. 130. Start times were 130 before lights is what the, uh, 707. And he had, he had, uh, referenced the last time he texted, the Air Comfort Solutions text line that he's a Tonkawa Buccaneer. So there's no way he could be wrong. Oh, and then Dan from Madison writes, old start times were at 1. Can you guys figure this out? Now here's back in the 80s it was 1.30. Okay. So 1, maybe we were thinking 2 Eastern, Josh. Anyway, my point is I think 2 o'clock kicks might be a little, not common, but you've had a few sprinkled here and there more than maybe we realize. But I like it. I don't mind it. It's not too early. It's not too late. You know, for us, it kind of takes away a majority of the day, but I don't care. I don't have a problem with 2 o'clock starts. I'm kind of like it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'd like college football in general to just, at in bits and pieces, go to some staggered start times. That way, sure, you I, know, you, you get to catch the finish of multiple games, again, as the day goes on, instead of just, you know, three or four games throughout the entirety of the day. If you're a viewer, right? Right. If, if you have that entire, which you and I and Oklahoma fans, I mean, look, you're you're focused on OU on game day, right? But some sure. fans maybe are, are flipping around at home and this and that. And staggered start times, I think, would be would be cool. 
I think that's what the Big Ten is trying to do. The unfortunate reality for the Big Ten is there's probably only one good day, that one good game that conference is going to have a day uh, until USC and UCLA get there. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, Ohio State battles Penn State. And then coming up next, Rutgers and Michigan State, yeah. followed by Michigan and Purdue. It's like, oh, thank you. And don't forget, Minnesota and Iowa coming your way next. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. All right, quick break. When we come back right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We're going to talk with our man Lee Sterling. Let's start picking the games next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, let's go. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, joins us on the Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. Speaking of jackpots, Lee, win or 10 of the last 12 weeks since the start of the preseason of ParamountSports.com, man. You're on fire right now. Three and one in the picks you gave us last week. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about jackpots. What a perfect segue. Let's try to go 4 0 with the worst case 3 and 1 again, okay? Let's do it. ParamountSports.com, check it out. Texas is currently a two point favorite against Kansas State. Unknown quarterback situation in Manhattan for the Wildcats. What do you make of this on Saturday, Lee? Maybe you'll see both. I have a feeling Adrian Martinez is going to play in this game, and I don't think it makes any difference. Will Howard, a couple of years ago, even mid to late last year, was nowhere. This guy is a difference maker now. I thought that they were going to be the two- to three-point favorite here. I I think Texas is more vulnerable to turn the ball over. And also, I just don't like their tackling uh, in the secondary, and I think that might be the difference here. I like the Cats at home. I think they win for the first time since 2016 over the Longhorns, 34-30. So, speaking of multiple quarterbacks, Texas Tech has done a little bit of that this season. They uh, hit the road. They head on to head on over to Fort Worth to take on TCU, where the Horn Frogs nine point favorite. Is there is there any surprise here, Lee? So if they were at home, I would have a pause for backing TCU, uh, and I'm talking about Tech if Tech was at home. But on the road, I mean, there's a better chance than not they just don't show up. I mean, you talked about the quarterback play last week. Dave Aranda's defense induced. Those quarterbacks into five interceptions and 12 for 38 passing. I mean, those are horrific numbers here. I think TCU is going to lose, but not this week here. Cool hand Luke, Max Dugan, he keeps rolling. TCU, they pull away late, 45-28. All right, Stillwater, Oklahoma State, and Kansas don't know what to make of this either. And, and Lee, maybe a little, how challenging is it whenever there's so much unknown about who a starting quarterback is going to be and you're trying to handicap these games? This is a tough game. I'm not going to lie. This is the toughest, I think, of the four games. And the, the maybe the strongest tell here is how has Gundy done getting his kids back off the mat. Usually really darn well. 15-6-1 against the spread after a loss since 2016. Do I think he's a coach? that's going to ever win a national title? No, I, I don't think so. But I think he's a good coach at getting his players back and focused again. We don't know about the quarterback situation, but it's not like Kansas is playing great here. Toughest game. We'll go with Oklahoma State here, 28-24. And then what folks in the Sooner State want to know the most about, Oklahoma favored by three at home versus Baylor, a couple of teams that – Maybe before the season, we thought this was a Big 12 championship game preview. Doesn't look like that's uh, the case here. But Oklahoma favored by three over the Bears. How do you see it, Lee? 
I, I think the difference here might be running back Eric Gray. Um, 277 rushing yards the last two games. He's playing at a high level. Baylor's defense, when they're on, they are really good here. But I just think that the Oklahoma offense, if they go quick, they might get a few breaks in coverage, and, and that might be the difference. Baylor usually doesn't hit on as many big plays as most other teams. They need to move methodically down the field here, and maybe special teams also could be the difference here. I like Oklahoma, 35-30. Makes me happy. League game of the week is definitely maybe one of the games of the year. Georgia, a massive favorite over Tennessee. How can the ref army get your picks for the game? Just call 800-400-9741. Give them Georgia and Tennessee. I think I've got the right side. 800-400-9741. And as you mentioned, we've won 10 out of 12 weeks documented since the start of the preseason. We had our NFL game of the year last week with the New England Patriots. My college football. Game of the year goes on Saturday. We are 54-18 and 18 on our best bets. We term that our 40-50 to 50 unit uh, plays. Anyone wants to get involved, we don't call it November. We call it November, the entire month of November. And remember, there's games every single Tuesday and Wednesday now with, with okay. action. So we're already off to a great start this week, already hit our matching game. You want to hop on board. Just $297 to November 30th. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Talk to you next Friday, Lee. Have a great weekend. Okay. My gosh, I hope you he's too. right. It'll be fun for Saturday. See you, dude. All right, quick break. I've got the weather update, Josh, not just for tomorrow morning, but for today. Kevin Clazel, Dr. Clazel, our chief meteorologist here on the Plank Show. Y'all can, sub- y'all can apply for the potential to have Kevin help you out, Steel Man, Toby. But no, in all seriousness, we get an update on the weather and what it looks like. Plus, our elite roofing systems, who's on top for the full weekend of college football next?